Okay, well, tonight I'm going to be sharing my hits of summer, my hits, um, a life message of mine. And, um, you know, I'm going to share a key scripture that I just have always drawn to and always gone back to. And um, my life has really been shaped out of the scripture. But I want to say that I read the scripture when I was a teenager and uh, just want to encourage our young people to go to Planet Boom if you're not already. And if you're a parent out here and you've got kids, get them there because it was experiences in conferences or um, in the house of God or settings like that as a teenager that uh, motivated me to then go and seek God for myself in my quiet time and at home. And so I don't know, Dan and I used to be youth pastors and I'd sometimes when it was youth camp season, would hear some parents say, oh, I, I don't, my child's too young or um, or we're just too busy right now. And, and so because I'm not the youth pastor anymore, I feel permission to say, look, if you've, if you've said that, just do all you can to get your child there. Like, like young people actually need to be removed from their parents to encounter God. And this is a perfect opportunity for them to do that. So please see Joel and Isaac, get them there. Anyway, <laughs> you're welcome. Okay, my scripture is this. It's Philippians 3 verse 8. It says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Have you um, ever bought a product or been to experience where you are had expectations for and then was greatly disappointed. Like you thought something would be all that, but then you get it and you're like, oh, are you serious? One thing that I like do on the regular, it's shocking, is I really like to do my groceries online. You know, it helps me stick to the budget. I avoid the parking and the trolleys and all that stuff. And, um, but one thing I often do is I'll think something's a great price and I'll get all excited and buy one. Or sometimes I'm like, it's so cheap, I'll buy more and stock up but then it arrives like the classic is the Nutella jar ended up coming and it was only this big and I was like I get it and I'm like what what happened why when did I order this and I look back and go no I did actually click the wrong one and ended up with something like that and um you know sometimes we can have our expectations unmet and you know this scripture for me even as a young teenager stood out to me because there's a lot of things in life that look really good and seem really good and can tempt us or uh, be attractive to us, but they won't fulfill us or satisfy us quite like Jesus will. There's nothing better than knowing Him and living for Him. And um, I love the heart of this scripture that everything else is worthless, but if, the, if we can just gain Christ, if we can just have this one thing, Jesus with us. And, uh, you know, the scripture to me, it, it's not just for me, it's not just about knowing Christ. That's the start, knowing Christ. For me, it's also about surrendering to Him, having that heart of everything else I don't hold tightly compared to knowing God and living for Him and wanting to live for Him. And so tonight I'm going, I'm notorious um, to be known to go shorter than my preaching time. So you might be happy about that. I'm going to share some thoughts and then we're going to pray together and give us an opportunity to respond. We're going to hear from God for the year and then we can go and um, get dinner and enjoy. But first, let's pray. Let's pray right now. 
Father God, we just commit this time to you, Father. I pray, God, Lord, over every person here tonight, you know every heart, every story, every need, every person here. So, Father, I pray that they wouldn't hear my voice, but they would hear your voice and what you have for them, God. I pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to speak to us tonight. Would you come in a mighty way, Jesus? In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. So tonight, I want to talk about living for God and why it's worth it. And to give you some context, um, you know, I have been brought up in church and um, if you've ever done a personality type um, with the Enneagram, I'm type nine. And so my like personality and my thing is that I love comfort and I love peace. And uh, it's very funny, I'll use Dan as um, my contrast because you might be like me, you might be like Dan, but I'll tell you the story of uh, when Pastor John and Dan asked us to pray about Melbourne pray about moving to Melbourne. At the time, we were youth pastors here on the coast, and Dan shared this this morning, but we actually did have this conversation in our home at the time that we were like, oh, life's pretty comf- like good right now, and we had reached comfort, <laughs> and um, we were ha- really loving life, and um, we got asked to consider praying about whether God was drawing us to move to Melbourne, and uh, to be honest, in the car ride home, Dan was pumped. He was so excited. Like he, this is his personality. He was just like, yes, like adventure. Like he was already like visionary, like, oh, what if this, what if this? Like, oh, like, let's go. Like he was pumped. Me, I was very quiet. I don't think I said a word. And I think Dan had a moment, looked over and tears are welling up in my eyes. <laughs> I started crying. And um, the reason I was crying is because I already knew I just knew straight away that God was going to tell us to say yes. And so that's just how I processed it, was starting to let go. And um, we did pray about it. We did hear God clearly through his word. And the end is, you now know we live in Melbourne. But I say all this to say, even with my personality, (laughs) it is worth going after God. It is worth living for Him. It is worth surrendering all to Him. As much as I love comfort, it's worth it. Nothing else compares than living this life for Jesus. So I just want to share a few points of why that is. There's more to it, but tonight I'm just going to share a few. One of them is that when we surrender to God, when we lay down our preferences, and we live for Him, He exceeds our expectations and abilities. I never thought that I would be a leader or that I would move cities or do what I am doing now if it wasn't for Jesus asking me to take these steps and to do this. And so I want to ask you tonight, when was the last time you felt God asked you to do something that you didn't want to do? That it was out of your comfort zone, it was inconvenient, something you didn't feel qualified for, something you simply didn't want to do, something that intimidates you. Think about when was the last time you felt God may ask you to take that step? You know, I feel like uh, maybe this is because uh, we've been in Victoria, but you might relate. And with the last few years that's gone on with the COVID stuff, let's not try and talk, go back there and talk about it, but just for a minute, uh, it's kind of rocked us a bit. And, you know, I found for me that I stopped dreaming for the future because the last few years was just a little bit like, oh, what's going to happen next week or next month? Or we don't know what next year is going to look like. And I felt 
prompted to get out of that and not stay there forever, but to dream big. And I feel tonight that if you're here like me, it's time to dream big again. And we heard it from Pastor John just before, like God is going to move in this place in our 5 p.m. services. So it's time to dream big again, church. Like for you, it's time to dream big dreams of what you can do for God, whether it's a one family member, a whole family. Maybe you're going to be a row filler in church Fill the rows. Maybe you're going to preach. Maybe you're going to lead. Maybe you're going to, whatever it is, it's time to dream big again for God. It's time to stir ourselves up. Nothing is impossible with Him. And when we do this, when we lay down our lives, He does. He exceeds our expectations. Again, to give you context, I um, never thought I would preach. I never thought I would enjoy preaching because I was um, not great at public speaking and I have this classic memory ingrained in my mind because it was so traumatic for me that when I was in year 10, we had to do a speech in our English class, my worst subject. And, you know, I went at the end. I was the very last person to do. And I did that on purpose because by then everyone's so bored. They just got their heads down, drawing on their desks. No one's listening to me but the teacher. Or sometimes the bell would ring and everyone got to leave except for me and the teacher. That was even better. So that's what I would do. And do you know this memory I have is the whole class is sitting there, but only my teacher's listening. And I got stuck on the word specific, specific, that I couldn't say it. And I kept saying Pacific instead of specific. And I kid you not, in my memory, it felt like that was five minutes of me going to the point where the whole class, all eyes on me, just like watching me, hoping I like finally spit it out. Anyway, I didn't. I just said the word Pacific and moved on. (laughs) And so I never thought that God would call me to this, but that's what happens when we start to say yes to what God has for us. He has designed each and every one of us. He knows us and He knows the giftings that we have. And I never thought that this would be something I'd love to do. And I'm so grateful for leaders asking me to step out or doing things or hearing God tell me to step out of my comfort zone because then you discover things you actually love. In 2 Corinthians uh, 12, 9, 11, it says, uh, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And you know, often God does call the unqualified. He does call the ones who don't think they can do it. (laughs) He does call us. (laughs) He calls the most unskilled people the most because it causes us to rely on God's power And he moves on our behalf. And it's incredible what God can do through each and every one of us. My next point is this, is that he gives us our desires. Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, discarding everything else, laying everything else down, surrendering to God can often feel like you're going to miss out. And of course, there is sacrifice. There is things that... God will challenge us with to let go of and give up. But He's a good God and He never lets us go without. He gives us the desires of our hearts. You know, Dan, um, he preached this morning and he shared a bit that he, when he was in uni, he felt God defer a year, uh, tell him to defer a year of university and do internship, uh, but not work, uh, not study and just give a year up for 
God and to serve in the house of God. And he shared that this morning. But uh, what he didn't say this morning is one of his dreams that he had uh, was to buy a house by 21. This is uh, before we were dating, so I'm sharing this on his behalf. Uh, but he had this dream to uh, buy a home by 21. And when he said yes to that, one of his things was, oh, God, but that's going to slow down my uh, dream and it's going to slow down my saving and my plan. And you know, I have a goal and I'm going to... Um, not reached that because of this. And so he laid it down. He surrendered it and he served God. And years later, we were engaged and unexpectedly, totally was not on Dan's radar, not on ours, mine either. But we got blessed with an inheritance when we were engaged that God and, and the blessing that God showed us when we went on the journey to buy our house here on the coast was just amazing. And it just goes to show that God, nothing gets missed with God. He sees the sacrifices we lay down and we pay and He blesses them. He is a God that restores. He is a good God. He is faithful to the faithful. When we lay down our life for Him, He blesses us. He gives us the desires of our, heart, of our hearts. He gives us the dreams. He is the holder of our dreams. I've often had this thought that all of my dreams and desires are found in Jesus. That's where they are, our dreams and desires. Everything we need and want in life is found in Jesus. That's why it's worth laying down our lives for Him, for living for Him. And so how can we do this? How can we live for Jesus? This is just um, one thing that I want to share, and this is big on my heart. It's my summer hits, hits of summer. So um, one of those is we can love what he loves. We can love what Jesus loves, and that is his church. You know, the more I know Jesus and the closer I get to him, the more I want to love his church and love his people and love this place. You know, this is the house of God. This is the most amazing place on earth. There's nothing like this place. I want us all just to... Take a moment, look around, look around this place. You know, this place here is unlike any other place in the world. This place here, we will not find community, family and friendships anywhere else in the world like here. This is the place that carries the presence of God. This is the place our kids, right now if you think of our kids, can't see them, but get encouragement like no other anywhere else in the house of God. <laughs> yeah, kids. <laughs> uh, this is the place we hear God's voice. This is the place through preaching, through um, being in His presence, through conversations with godly people who carry the Holy Spirit after church, we hear the voice of God. This is the place we can see visions. We can dream dreams. We can get prayer. We can get prophecy. This is where we can find a fresh start. This is where hearts get healed. People get healed physically and emotionally, mentally. This is where people may come in in the hardest situations, the most unimaginable circumstances, but find hope. Only here, only here in the house of God. I haven't yet found another place that can offer me those things. This is the holy place. This is the house of God. Isaiah 2 verse 2 says this, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. This is the very place where heaven meets earth. As I said it earlier, you couldn't pick a better place to be on a Sunday night than 
in this place. And, you know, I said it, I've been brought up in church. It's not like every Sunday my life gets radically changed. However, I look back over a month, over two months, over a year, over three months, I can see how dramatically this place has shaped me and changed my life. And so I say this because this is worth laying our lives down for. The house of God is worth laying our lives down for. There's no other place like this. And although it's not perfect, you know, we're family. We're going to rub shoulders. There's conflict. Things don't always go to plan. (laughs) This is a sacred place. It's still second to none. And I want to encourage you. I feel like maybe tonight God's speaking to some people that out of this message, your thing is that this place is a priority for you. That maybe for you, this year, your priority is to be in the house of God. Maybe you already come every Sunday, but God's saying, be at every prayer meeting. Everything church puts on, just be in the house of God. And I don't know, um, I can't remember exactly, but I remember being at a youth conference. Again, go to youth (laughs) conferences. I remember being at a youth conference and I responded to this old call that was like, um, do you want to give your life to God? Like, are you surrendering to him? And I remember going up the front. And from that moment on, I was at church all the time. And even as a teenager, I remember, because I went to a Christian school and there was like this thing at my school that other youth groups would be like the cool place to hang out, but it wasn't for Jesus. It was more for like the cool kids that went there. And so I'd get invited every week by my friends. And I was like, no, this, I've got my own house. I've got my own youth. And I'd, even though back then our youth was small, I think there was maybe like three girls there. Hey, Josh. And it was like boys. And I didn't like it. I was scared of boys. And anyway, <laughs> I was still there. And I remember when I got my first job, I can't work Sundays. I actually did ballet growing up. And I remember the the minute I, I found out that to go to the next level meant classes on a Friday night, I straight away was like, well, that means I miss out on youth. I'll never go to youth if, that, if I take that class. So that was it. Ballet was out of the question. It's fine. I didn't want to be a professional anyway, so it's all good. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what happens when we just get gripped by the house of God and by what He loves. It's priority. And so I want to ask you another question. This is God's house but is it your house? Is this your house? Dan and I, when we started the location in Melbourne, we were so aware of people's language because some people would say, oh, we love what God's doing at your church. Um, We love to see what you're doing. And and there was like so much you, you, you kind of language. But the moment we'd hear people go, we love what God's doing at our church. We love to see the young people coming in our church. It's like, that we could tell straight away, like language is one thing, but we can tell straight away that people were all in and they were like, this is home. And it wasn't just their language. You can tell they served on teams. They wanted to get involved. They wanted to encourage people and get people around them. And so I want to ask you, maybe you haven't been to church in a while. You're back in the house. Maybe you come when it's convenient or you dilly-dally in and out. I don't want to make you feel bad. It's all good. (laughs) But just ask God, like, is this your house? Is this your home? Are we your people? Are we your community? And if so, what's your part to play? What's your part to contribute to, to give? Because I tell you what, each and every one of us, you might be here for the first time. 
Each of us have a place here in the house of God. God needs you and I. I just, when Pastor John was saying, like, what God has for us as a church, uh, I can feel, I'm like, oh, God, like, He's got it for us. But maybe He's waiting for people like you and I to surrender and go, God, use me. I'll be your hands and feet. I'll help make this move of God happen. I'll help be like Liam and bring love new people and help them find their feet in the house of God. Maybe you'll be um, on the Freedom Experience team and help people see freedom in their lives. Whatever it is, be a person that brings meals to families that are in tough circumstances or people in need. There is so many areas of This is why the house of God is so awesome is because not one personality or gifting or whatever is missed. We need all of us. <laughs> we need all of us together to be ready to give up and to uh, surrender and serve Him. So I want to ask you, what is your part to play? Yes, it might take sacrifice. Yes, it might be out of your comfort zone. Maybe for you, it's tithing for the first time. Maybe you have struggled with that, but you feel tonight God saying, this is your home. Maybe that's it for you. I feel like tonight there will be people here and you already know what God's asking you to do. Maybe a leader has already asked you to do something or to step up. Maybe internships knocking on your heart. Whatever it is, it might scare you. It might not be what you want uh, naturally. But I'm telling you, when we be obedient, when we surrender, when we lay down our lives for Jesus, it is so worth it. And so I'm going to ask the band to join me now because I'm going to give us a youth conference opportunity. <laughs> um, no, I really felt like, and Dan said this this morning as well, that before, I mean, has anyone written their goals for the year already? Yeah, wow, okay, wow, awesome, but not that many of us, and that's fine, I haven't either, and that's good because I felt God say that tonight let's start the year by first surrendering all to God, surrendering the year to Him, you know, we can give our life to God, but practically what does that look like? And it just means moments like this, the year, the day, decisions we make to give it to Him. And so I'm going to give us an opportunity tonight to do that and to not just in our hearts, sitting in our seats, but actually come to the front and say, God, I'm giving you my year. I'm surrendering to you. There might be people here and you, like I said, you already know God's knocking on your heart for a, something He wants you to do, a dream or uh, stepping up into ministry or business, whatever it is in your family, a conversation you have to have and you have just held back. I feel like God's tonight's asking you, would you surrender to me? Would you just come before me and say, God, I'm all in. God, it's worth everything to live for you, to do this. Or maybe tonight you just simply want to give this year to God. You want more of Him this year. You know, I'm that person tonight, if I was in your shoes, I'd be coming to the front saying, God, give me a dream for this year. Let me dream again. Let me see what you want to do through me here. And you, know, you might be here tonight and you're like, Ebony, I'm tired. <laughs> you might be like, I want a year of rest. Or I have said yes to things. Like, does, is God really asking more of me? And I just want to ask you, did that come out of a place of surrender first? 
or have you made that decision and then trying to get God to fill it? Because our God is a kind God. Like He sees what you're going through. You might actually be shocked by a place of surrender. He might tell you to do less. He might give, give you an idea for a dream holiday that you never thought was possible. You know, I'm not saying all of us are going to leave with um, the call to go to Melbourne. <laughs> Although you could. No, just joking. Just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't from the Lord. Don't worry. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you might be surprised what God has to say to you is what I'm saying. And so I want us all um, tonight to prayerfully consider this. You know, what are some things we've held on that this year God wants us to let go? I just so feel that on my heart that like there's just big things for us, church. There's such big things for us. You know, when we were singing Lord Send Revival, we sing that song in Melbourne and when it says, um, I might get the lyrics wrong, but it's like, you've done it before, Lord, do it again. Every time we sing that in Melbourne, you know, I think it was Billy Graham that was at the MCG. Is that right? The MCG, which is that big stadium that they do cricket in. And um, <laughs> they do the sport in. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's massive. It's huge. And to this date, the biggest attendance ever in that stadium is a Billy Graham cr crusade. And thousands and thousands of people got saved in Melbourne in that stadium to the point now that we have grant, we have. Um, like, teen, like teenagers, young adults in our location now that will tell us, oh, my grandparent gave their heart at that thing. Now my whole family's in church. And like that was a, a moment in history. And I, every time we sing, God, you've done it before, do it again. I just feel like, like, why not us? Why not us? Why not C3 Powerhouse? Why not you and me? Why not? So would you stand to your feet this morning, uh, this evening? And I want you to just start making your way to the front. If that's you tonight, for any of those things, you just want more of God in 2023. You're surrendering things to Him. You're saying, God, before I put priorities in and plans and goals, God, I'm giving this year to you. Come make your way to the front. No one's going to pray for you tonight. We just want you to come and seek God. Sir.